in West Des Moines. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. On Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, Iowa. The Naismith uh, down to four for the men and the women. Caitlin Clark made the cut in the women's. Keegan Murray in the men. We'll talk more about that with David Eichel from 24-7 Sports at the bottom of the hour. But right now we're going to talk some baseball, and we are grateful to do that, aren't we? Yes. Oh. It's been a while since we talked to Ryan. It was, yes. what, the end of summer last year, I guess, yep. and... Happy to do it again here as we're on the precipice of a great, great baseball season. I'm feeling it. I'm excited. Optimism reigns. Now, this is a dangerous time for me. Well, he's just signed the best shortstop in baseball, baby, in Carlos Correa. Ryan Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thanks for coming on back here in Des Moines. How are you? I'm doing well, fellas. How are we doing today? Doing well. And so, uh, like we said, so grateful that we're talking about baseball because uh, we were not yeah. uh, feeling really good about things. Uh, but we are now, and let's uh, let's delve right into it with, with Correa, who signed a three-year deal with a couple of opt-outs, and seemingly it's a uh, it's it's a one-year deal before he's uh, back as, uh, on, on the free agent market again. But even so, just waking up to the news on Saturday morning that Correa is a twin. Uh, look, I'm a Blue Jays fan. Trent's the Twins fan in the, uh, on the duo here, but I was um, I was really surprised. How about you? And what does this do for the Minnesota Twins? Yeah, you know, my first my first thought when I saw that news was this is why trying to predict free agents is impossible, right? Because <laughs> right? yeah. it came it came right on the heels of of Chris Bryant signing that deal yeah. with you know that massive deal with the Rockies. You know, you look at Bryant in the offseason, you're like, okay, well, this is a guy that. You know, clearly he's had a taste of winning, you know, with the Cubs in 16 and, you know, and then the Giants last year, he's only going to go to a place where he has a chance to win. And then he doesn't. And Carlos Correa, you're like, okay, he's going to land the biggest deal of the free agent market. You know, he's going to get $300 million until he didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you're a Twins fan, this is a great signing for a couple reasons. One, it's, it's really, the truth is it's relatively low risk. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's, it's a couple years, you know, you're not, stuck for a long-term thing i mean worst worst case scenario is he gets hurt and they pay three years worth of deals but it's not something that will hamstring um the the franchise for a long time so you know i i think but what it does is it shows that they're trying to win you know last year was last year was probably more disappointing as trent can tell anyone who wants to know mm-hmm. for twins fans than any other fan base right you know, there were other teams that underachieved and didn't quite make it there, but the Twins were supposed to be really good. The Twins were supposed to be neck and neck with the White Sox last year, and instead they were awful. Everything went wrong. Guys were hurt. Guys weren't good. You know, and instead of, you know, some franchises would use that as an excuse to say, okay, well, you know what, we're going to cut our losses. We're going to enter a rebuilding phase. That's not what the Twins are doing. You know, so I think if nothing else, it's good to see a, fa- a franchise with pieces for to be a contender, actually going for it, especially when you contrast it to the Reds and the A's, two teams that barely missed the playoffs last year, um, just 
saying, you know what, we're not even going to try this year or for the next couple of years, we're going to trade away everyone we have. So, you know, I think if nothing else, that, 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 it's a good thing for Twins. It's a good thing for baseball to see teams trying to win within, you know, within reasonable expectations. That's what the Twins have done. They still need more but they're at least heading in that direction. The question remains for the Twins now. The lineup looks immense. I mean, you're up the middle with the best shortstop in the game and, when healthy, the best center fielder in the game. That's a pretty good place to start uh, with your team and with your lineup and the other pieces. Arms, though, remain the question. They go out and they get Sonny Gray, Dylan Bundy, We'll see. It's been a, certainly an inconsistent career for him. The young arms, I know they're excited about those young arms. Still probably need some help in the bullpen overall. But when you look at the, the bullpen and the rotation as a whole, how scary do you see it from an outside perspective for the Twins? Well, it depends on what you mean by scary. <laughs> scary is in, in terms of can they be, you know, the, the Braves and what the Braves did in the postseason last year. It, you know, it feels like that's a long shot. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, the, look, the bullpen is something that, you just you just never know. I mean, you really don't. You know, you could have a couple guys have, you know, great years. We see all the time, like every year there are three or four 30-somethings who come in and post a 210 ERA in 60 innings and that you just didn't see that coming, you know, and that's possible. And that's why, you know, that's why relievers, lefties especially, have such a long shelf life because there's always that chance they can figure something out. And when you're only going out there, for an inning at a time or three batters at a time, you know, you have a chance to fool people, right? And I think that that's, you know, if you're looking at your team and you're saying, okay, well, our biggest issue is the bullpen, on the scale of problems, that's not the worst thing to have, right? Because as you said, they, they have um, they have a really good lineup. You know, if Buxton stays healthy, that up-the-middle defense is incredible. You know, and mm-hmm. Money Gray, I think, was a great pickup. And Dylan Bundy, you know, you're – you're flipping a coin. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But you're not counting on him to give you 30 starts. Um, that's that's just a nice bonus if it does. But, you know, you can find bullpen pieces. You can find young guys that come in and figure out their little their, their niche and their role within a staff. And you can find veterans who figure something out and give you that. And, you know, it's like I said, if, if, you're, if that's your biggest problem, it's not a great problem, but it's not the worst problem either. Speaking of trying to find, and that's what I'm trying to do, and hopefully you can help me try and find this year's, not not to win 107 games like the Giants did last year, but they came out of nowhere, right? I mean, nobody had the yeah. Giants doing what they did. Is there a team that will, again, not win 107 and win more games than anybody else in Major League Baseball that is going to have a, a, a as big a turnaround or, or exceed expectations uh, like the Giants did? Have you identified a team or two that might be uh, in that boat well we haven't done our our full-fledged previews and predictions yet so i haven't dove into that but you know i mean i think it's a team that i like and you know not that twins fans want to hear this but i i think the tigers are positioned to be a really good team this year you know i I got the chance to watch them up close uh, midway through last year you know and i think the pieces that they have some of the young guys they have coming up guys like riley green i mean Spencer torkelson these they're they're going to be a good team for a long time. And, you know, then you look at the, the young pitchers they had who got a taste of the majors last year. I mean, they've got guys who can be top of the rotation, you know, top three guys in the rotation, guys like Casey Mize. I mean, they can be those types of pitchers. And, you know, we saw, you know, they had the, the awful start to last year, right? And, and then they played 500 ball for most of the season, like four months of the season. And that's not a fluke. I think that they have a lot of the pieces that's there. You know, they added a guy like Javi Baez. I know they were – 
Tigers fans all wanted Correa on the 10-year deal, and that didn't happen. But Javi Baez is a pretty good player, and you add yeah. him to that mix. And if Carlos, or, sorry, if Miguel Cabrera has anything left in the tank, you know, as the DH, you know, I think that that's the team that could be. Uh, yeah, I'm, they're not going to win 107 games like right. the Giants did last year, but they're going to be in the playoff conversation, especially with the the added um, playoff spot in the in both leagues this year. One more in the American League Central. And, of course, the White Sox still the favorite, as they should be after what they did last year. You look at the talent on that team and the young talent that continues to come up. We'll see what Kopech is in that rotation this year. Go to Kansas City. The Royals, a team that maybe is ascending up, still probably a year or two away, waiting for those young arms to develop. But Sal Perez had one of the most incredible seasons ever for a catcher a year ago. They got some veterans, a nice mix of veterans and some young guys. Royals can... They at least flirt with 500 maybe this year. Is that a realistic goal? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think they can. I think that I like what they have. I, I, you know, I like Dayton more in that he's never going to fully tear down his team. He's going to try to put a competitive team out there. You know, and if your goal is to work within your constraints to put a team that's going to finish that you think could finish 500 or a couple more, that's you know that's a start. You know, you look at how many games. Over the course of a 162 game season, are one with a fluke here, or a fluke there, or a you know the difference between a three run homer getting you know hitting the top of the wall is going over, talking a couple inches. I mean, there are a lot of things that can change the outcome of games, right? And if you're putting yourself, if you're fielding a roster that can be 500, it's not that big of a jump to get to 88 wins or to 90 wins. You know, it's not that big of a jump. And I think the Royals are putting themselves in position, right? I loved the Zach Frankie signing. I really did. I mm-hmm. thought that was a, a good move for them with some of the young players they have, um, kind of leading by example type of guy. You know, I, they need they need Mondesi. Mondesi to stay healthy. Yeah. They, they do. You know, and at this point, it's fair to wonder if that's ever going to happen. If it does, he's a big part of what that team can be. You know, Bobby Witt Jr. He's going to be he's a ready, star. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be a star, and the question is, is it going to be now? And do they give him a chance out of the gate? Which you know, I, I feel like if they feel he's ready, they probably will. So, yeah, I, I think that they have a chance, and I think if you're a White Sox fan right now. You're a little annoyed because <laughs> your team is really good, and they haven't done much of anything. And then, and you've sat there and watched the other teams in that division make not just moves, but smart moves to get better. And I think the gap that existed in the AL Central last year is gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Now, I still think the White Sox are probably the best team, but it's not like it's, it's not going to be like it was last year. If there is a consolation prize, the team on the north side really didn't do a lot to upgrade <laughs> either. Marcus Stroman, who I like. <laughs> I um, well, they moved the needle here, Ryan. Look, the, the, uh, tri- the AAA ballpark is like an, uh, an, a mile away as the crow flies from where Trent and I are sitting right now. So the, this is a Cubs town. They won 71 games last year. There was hope that they'd sign one of their faces, right, that took them to the promised land. That didn't happen. Yeah. Um, what do you anticipate for the Cubs this year? Is there a chance? I'll use Trent's question. Can they flirt with 500? Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I think that, you know, I mean, it, I, they're, they're not going to flirt with 95 wins. Can they flirt with 500? Yeah, I think so. I think Suzuki was a good signing. You know, you watch some of the videos of him hitting over in Japan and you're like, holy cow, this guy's got a lot of power. You know, I think he could, he could love playing at Wrigley. You know, he chose Wrigley. I think that's a, a good thing. You know, I like Nick Magical. I like 
you know, him coming back off of the injury and what he could be as a guy in the, the middle of that infield and, you know, a contact hitter, a guy who's going to put the ball in play when you need a batter to put the ball in play. He's a guy that can, that can be that. I think Cubs fans are going to love him when they get to see what he can do. You know, I think the Stroman was a good signing. It was a little head scratching at the time and, and, and I scratched my head too, just like everyone else did. But I think that, you know, you look at, at that division too and, you know, if we talk about where are you going to get wins, if you need to get 86 to 88 wins to be in the conversation for the expanded playoffs, where are you going to get them? Well, in the NL Central, you're going to get them against a red team that's traded everything not nailed down except for Joey Votto. You're going to get them mm-hmm. against the Pirates team, which, you know, I like a lot of the young guys that Pirates have coming up, like this O'Neill Cruz kid. He's going to be a superstar, I think. You know, but they're not quite there yet, right? So you're looking at a division that's going to have two teams with 90-plus losses, and that's where you get some of those wins. So, yeah, I think the Cubs can get into that conversation. Saya Suzuki, what should we know? How excited should Cubs fans be? Certainly had to pay a big fee for him, not just the money, but also the posting fee uh, to get him over from Japan. What can you tell us about Suzuki? Yeah, that's just money. I mean, the Ricketts family is talking about buying football. (laughs) It's just money. I'm not worried about that. You know, I think he's got a ton of he's got a ton of power, and you look at his numbers, and it's not just that he hits home runs. He's not he's not Rob Deere, right? He's got a, <laughs> he's got a good contact rate too. He knows how to take a walk. You know, he's a guy that could be a star. I think you know a lot of Cubs fans are probably thinking back to you know Kosuke Fukudome a couple years ago, you know, and thinking, oh, is he going to be another round of this? You know, he's he's not. He's a better hitter than that. You know, I, I think he could be. You know, he could come in there and. It's it's not it's not unreasonable to think he could be in contention for an All Star spot this year. I'm not saying he's going to get it, but it's not unreasonable to think he could put up numbers worthy of consideration. And, you know, I think that he's he was kind of one of those guys that that flew under the radar on the free agent market this year because you had Correa and Bryant and and Seager and all and Scherzer and all these other guys, you know, and he was an unknown quantity uh, in the the eyes of most baseball fans, but he could he could be a really good pickup, and he's the kind of guy that when you add him to Stroman, he's the, the, the types of players that can, can jumpstart um, a rebuild and kind of get them back to where they, they're in that, that conversation of, of, with the contenders. Uh, last thing for me, uh, back to the Central Division uh, in, in the National League. Milwaukee won it last year. Um, I mean, the, Woodruff and Burns at the top of that rotation. That, that's, that's terrific. We don't know if Yelich is ever going to be Yelich again. I hope he is. It's unfortunate the way it ended. Cardinals, they had a couple of uh, difficult uh, um, news anyways with the injuries that they have to at least begin the season with, with Flaherty uh, not being able to answer the bell. Who's going to win the Central? I, I still think it's the Cardinals, but it's, you know, it's, it's not a, they're going to win 105 games and run away with it. You know, I think partially what we talked about, you know, I mean, the, the, the Pirates and Reds are not going to be nope. great. The Cubs are kind of in that conversation. So it's the Cardinals or the, or the Brewers, you know, and uh, I think the Brewers made a good signing in bringing Andrew McCutcheon in to, you know, he's, he's not the, the fielder he was. He's going to do a lot of DHing. You know, I still like what he has. He's still got some pop in his bat. You know, so it's going to be the Cardinals or the Brewers, and it's who gets more of those games. Like, you know, who who goes, who has a 750 winning percentage against the Reds and Pirates, as opposed to 
who struggles to be 500 against them. You know, I think that's that's part of the conversation. But it's, it's pretty clear those two. And you know, if if Flaherty's going to be out, you know, if we're talking months, not weeks, you know, that makes a difference. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I know I said Cardinals right away, but I think it's it's you know, it's pretty much a toss up between those two. So big picture, we got seven months of baseball in front of us, and thank goodness for that, with no labor stoppage and just a week delay getting to it. Ultimately, though, the Dodgers, mm. how big is the gap between them and everybody else? Well, here's the thing. The gap in the regular season is pretty big, but that doesn't matter, yeah. right? If we're talking about the Dodgers, the only thing that matters is the World Series. The only thing that matters is the World Series. So, yeah, it'd be great if they won you know, 110 games, and that could happen if they've got mm-hmm. if their pitching stays healthy. That that lineup is great, but you know, I mean, that lineup that lineup didn't make it through the world through, through the NLCS last year. The Braves pitchers did a pretty good job shutting them down, and yeah, they added um, they added Freddie Freeman, but they you know they lost Corey Seager. You know, I mean, so the, the playoffs are such the short series, and even a seven game series is short when we're talking in terms of baseball. Um, a seven-game series is, you know, lots of things can happen. Guy can go cold at the plate. A couple guys go cold. A couple line drives, find gloves on the hot corner, and you know, rallies die. Whereas they might have not died in the regular season. So, you know, I mean, the gap in the regular season is pretty big, but I, I guarantee you that that is not what um, what keeps the Dodgers management up at, at night. It's how are they going to be positioned, and what kind of health do they have? when October arrives, that's the big question. And how are they going to beat the Toronto Blue Jays is keeping them up at night? Right? You know, the Jays are really Jays are, <laughs> They are. Jays are really good. I think they're the best team in the, in the, the AL East I do for too. my money. I'm very, very nervous about my squad for the first <laughs> time in a while. Hey, Ryan, great to catch up with you. Love talking baseball. So grateful that we are. And look forward to doing this a couple of times through the season if your schedule allows. Thank you, Ryan Fagan. I always enjoy it. Thanks, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Ryan Fagan from the Sporting News as we do a little MLB. Have you looked at totals? I have a little bit. I've dabbled in a couple of divisions, including your Blue Jays. I got them at... To win the East? To win the East. I think they're 210, plus 210. Yeah. Something and they're like the that. favorites, right? Uh, no, the... Where I was... And I don't remember where Tampa? I was looking It was both the Yankees and Tampa slightly ahead of them. Really? I think they were both 2-1 to one and the Blue Jays were like plus 210, if I remember correctly. Did you like the Trevor Story signing by the Red Sox? Uh, yeah, as a second baseman, yeah. We'll see. I'm not sure. I mean, the, we know the road home, the the road and uh, home splits are Richard, stark. Absolutely, jump off the page. But that happens it, for a lot of guys. It's true, and he's going to a pretty good hitters park itself. Yes, he is in, at Boston. So mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it for the. Well, it's it's Boston. Yeah, the big market. They'll be fine. Yeah, we'll 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 see. I I think that uh, are they the fourth best team going into the year yeah. in that division? Absolutely. I'm with you. That. Toronto team. Gaussman at the top. Uh-huh. Barrios. Yep. Ryu. Yep. And then the young guy. Manoa. Manoa, who was a stud. And Kikuchi, my dude. Right. I love that rotation. That's pretty good. And I don't think Manoa is the four either. I think the four long. And here's the thing. The, 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 um, the, oh, my God. His name escapes me. He was their number. Uh, Nate Pearson. Yo, yeah. He's not even listed as a star. He's still coming back from injury. Right. Wait for him. That's a guy in July that you're really excited about all of a sudden. Gets the call up. Laddie Guerrero and Bo Bichette and Luis Gurriel. And, oh, by the way, George Springer is healthy. And Teoscar Hernandez, who was an all-star last year. Vigio? Yeah, okay. Grichik? Yep. Uh, Randall Grichik. Yeah, he's 20 bombs a year. Right. This team is really good. Really good. They're stacked. Yep, they are. Miller and Condon. 
Hawkeye conversation next. David Eicholt, he was at Pro Day yesterday. Uh, some news uh, from the football spring football plans anyways those were shared yesterday we'll pick his brain on that and again as we started the uh, hour off the Naismith uh, finalists are out uh, Ms. Clark and Mr. Murray have named for the men's and women's they are one of four uh, still alive for the Naismith Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 The Chicken Coop is the place for great food and wings with three metro locations. The Chicken Coop has the best, fresh, never frozen wings. Buffalo, garlic jalapeno, buck nasty, tropical heat, pepper teriyaki, garlic parmesan, and so much more. Along with steaks, burgers, ribs, and a children's menu for the little ones. And don't forget about the Chicken Coop's daily lunch and drink specials. Catch all the games at the Chicken Coop in Ankeny, Urbandale, Global Direct Mail and Marketing is a local design and print shop that'll help you from start to finish. From design to printing and mailing it for you. From wedding invitations to birth announcements. And it's time to be thinking about those graduation announcements. No matter how big or small your project is, Global will work with you from creating a custom design to getting your project inserted into the mail. Global can design, print, and deliver. And Global can help your business grow with custom mailers designed to help you bring new customers through your doors. Located on 121st Street in Urbandale or call Craig at 515-282-3000. It's Global Direct Mail and Marketing. Do you remember the last walk-off homer to win the World Series? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, wolfroofing.com. Guys, are you looking for an easy excuse to be on the couch watching college hoops during the best two days of March? Then schedule your vasectomy with the Urology Center of Iowa. The Urology Center of Iowa offers nitrous during your vasectomy, cutting-edge technology to help you relax during your procedure. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400-3550 or online at iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. And tell them you heard it. 181. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent's play of the day, Circus Sports. Sponsors it coming up here in about 15 minutes. Right now, David Eicholtz of Iowa Football Pro Day was yesterday. There was an opportunity to get some uh, information on how the Hawks are handling spring football. Naismith has come out with their final form, both the men and the women. Yes, Caitlin Clark and Keegan Murray are both still alive uh, in those respective races. And David joins us. David Trent Ken, as always, thanks for coming on. Busy time for you. How are you? Hey, things are going well, guys. Always good to be joining you. Like you said, busy time and uh, no off-season. But, you know, love it. a normal spring and everything else, uh, I love it. Can't wait for it. I, absolutely. So um, I think I think Caitlin Clark is going to win. I don't think Keegan will. I think uh, uh, Oscar Shibway uh, from Kentucky is probably going to get it. I'd love to know. And do you know the answer to this? Do they actually release, um, you know, who finishes second, who finishes third in the voting? Do you know that, David? 
I do not. I, I think they do, but I think you're going to have to really kind of dig deep for it. Gotcha. But I, I'm totally with you. I think I think Oscar Sheboy is going to win it. And I, you know, I know Iowa fans might not like hearing that, but he's one of my favorite three players to watch in college basketball this season. The way he rebounds the ball, kind of an mm-hmm. old school game. And the reality is, I know people are going to roll their eyes when I say this. He really carried that Kentucky team farther <laughs> in the regular season than I think most people expected because they're. Their guard play, they weren't getting elite guard play. They weren't getting scoring from there. They had a lot of injuries. And, I mean, even the, when they lost to the St. Peter's Peacocks, uh, which, by the way, is my new favorite team in the history of any sport ever right now, uh, he had 30 and 16, and they got beat. So, it, it, you know, I think he deserves it. I think Keegan had the most consistent season with that being said. Uh, but, you know, I just tweeted this about the Caitlin Clark thing, right? And I'll stand by it. I will die on this hill. If Caitlin Clark does not win National Player of the Year, I think it's the biggest snub in the history of college basketball awards. I, I just – there's no way you can convince me that Aaliyah Boston is more valuable and better at basketball and more valuable to her team than Caitlin Clark is to Iowa. I think it's a, a complete sham if, if Caitlin doesn't walk away with, with the National Player of the Year award this year. Let's stick with basketball before we get into football and what we saw at Pro Day yesterday and a roster that's going to look different. Keegan Murray will be off to the NBA. Chris Murray, a decision for him. He'll go through the draft process. We've talked about that. But when you look at next year's team, they certainly went past expectations this year, even losing in the first round, at least preseason expectations. Fran's had this team now in the tournament seven of the last nine years, something that even Dr. Tom didn't do as a program. What's a realistic expectation without the unknown transfer market and the like? What are your expectations for Iowa basketball 2022-23? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. Uh, I'm still trying to kind of piece that together. I know people are maybe debating on why Chris Murray would declare for the draft, but, you know, people need to remember he had a year of prep school. His brother, which he has, you know, Keegan has not declared, but I've been telling people, don't get your hopes up. He's probably a top five pick, (laughs) and it'd be crazy for him to come back. Uh, But look, you know, maybe Chris Murray is like, you know, I've proven enough in college. I can go off the G League for a year and maybe train my way up and and earn a two-way contract with an NBA team. I think, you know, I think he has a shot at that as well. But, you know, I think Iowa's in a decent spot. I do think that they have have to dive in the transfer portal. With all due respect to Philip Abraccio, who I think did some very good things this year, Iowa needs a proven post player to continue to rebound the ball. I think Patrick McCaffrey can continue to take steps forward. I love Peyton Sanford. I think Peyton Sanford would be one of the best shooters in the conference. I think he's really proven himself over the last month of the season. I think Tony Perkins has potential to be an all-Big Ten third-team, second-team caliber guard next year. There are foundational pieces there, but I do think that Iowa needs to find a guy to emerge at that point guard spot. They need to you know, get some help on that interior. But as far as athletic wings go, as far as shooters go, there are some foundational pieces. I don't know if I'm ready to say they can be a tournament-caliber team this year, but I'll remind folks this. I don't think anybody really guaranteed Iowa a spot in the tournament at the beginning of last year. So I'm thinking around eight in the Big Ten next year, but I also need to look, take a look around the Big Ten and see who's going to improve or not because the reality is, it was a down year for the Big Ten this year. There is zero question about that. Uh, what are you hearing? Uh, you mentioned Robracha. He's got a COVID year. He, he can come back. So can Connor McCaffrey. I just assumed that Connor was done, yet we heard, oh, late last week, uh, that, you know, not so fast that he's, uh, that there's a chance. What are you hearing about Connor and Robracha? Will they take advantage of the COVID year and uh, suit up one more time for, for Iowa? 
Yeah, I haven't. I know individual meetings are taking place this week with the Iowa basketball team. I would, I would anticipate Philip Robacha comes back for another year unless he says, "Hey, you know what? I can go make some money overseas." And you know, for all the old man jokes that Jordan Bohannon got during his career, Philip Robacha will actually be older than Jordan if he if he <laughs> really? comes back for another wow. year of play. So I think people need to remember that. So I mean, this is a guy who's going to be. I mean, probably less than two years younger than me coming back and playing college basketball. Uh, so I think he has a decision to make. I really think, and this is just a gut feel on Connor, I think Connor's going to come back for one more year of college basketball. I think that he's going to want to play with Patrick another year. You know, for as high of a high as the Big Ten uh, tournament championship was for him, as, as emotional as senior day was for him, I think that the NCAA tournament loss is going to leave a sour taste in his mouth, and he's going to want to come back and try to provide some stable leadership you know on a team that in reality i think is going to need a a big time leader like that i think iowa got spoiled with with jordan and connor this season really kind of trying to guide that team i think keegan emerged as that but i do think that iowa is going to need that sort of leader to come back maybe chris murray can be that if he comes back for another year but I, i think it would benefit iowa if he definitely came back for another year and you know i will say this and this is just i'm floating this idea out there and i think people need to think about this Maybe Connor signs on to be a GA at Iowa. And if that's the case, I think that'd be a tremendous addition because, I mean, you guys have heard Connor talk. Mm-hmm. He has coach written all over him if he decides to go down that path. I know Margaret won't like me saying that <laughs> at all. She does not want to get into coaching. But, but Connor's got the basketball IQ and the personality that I think he'd be a really, really good basketball coach. Point guard next year. Joe Toussaint, I think we found his role. He's still a backup point guard. He can do some things, but counting on him 30, 32 minutes a game, I think just maybe a little bit too high for Toussaint in his game. Ulyss saw glimpses, but overall still work to do. And then he got DeSante Bowen coming in. Top 150 point guard. One of the guys that Fran had identified early. We know how good he is when he identifies guys early and gets them in. What is the point guard? How does it shake out? Is this Bowen's job when he takes over a campus? Or do you think one of the veterans will get the spot? You know, I do think one of the veterans are going to get the spot. You know, I think DeSante Bowen has an incredibly high ceiling when he gets to Iowa. I mean, you talk about guys six foot three can dunk over people in traffic, a good passer. But I think you look at his senior year, and he really didn't have an ideal senior season. He had some breakout games, but he struggled with turnovers a little bit. And if there's one thing you can't do in a Fran McCaffrey offense, guys, you know this. You can't turn the ball over. You're going to get benched because that's just the way Fran McCaffrey runs his, his team with his motion offense. And you know, given Iowa's defensive limitations over the past few years, Iowa can't afford any waste of possession. So I am eager to see if Boeing can take that step when he gets on campus, but it's also one of the, you know, I think the most intriguing offseason storyline for me is who takes over that point guard spot. Like you said, I think Joe Toussaint is a perfect backup point guard, and that is not a shot against him whatsoever. His game is sued for that. It's an incredibly valuable piece to any basketball team. But at the same time, like I'm not ready to anoint Aaron Eulis as being that starting point guard either because he does a great job of controlling the pace, but he's got to get more comfortable you know, playing those heavy-duty minutes and being more of a throw on offense, especially from the perimeter. So I think Fran's going to be able to find a guy to do it, but I also, like, I'm not, I'm not ready to sit here and anoint anybody as a starting guard. And I, Again, I don't think Iowa dives in the portal for a point guard, but if I'm Fran, I, I do consider it, especially after losing Torbo Bohan, who – 
who has been the starting point guard for Fran McCaffrey for essentially half of Fran McCaffrey's <laughs> Iowa tenure. It's, it's wild to think. Uh, let's talk football before we get into what we think will unfold uh, uh, during the practices, which will, I believe, culminate on the 23rd of April with their, their spring game in the uh, uh, open house, if you will. Um, what, did, what, what did we learn yesterday, that, that it will be April 23rd? What uh, kind of information uh, did Iowa share with the media yesterday as to how they will handle spring football? Yeah, so spring football will be an open practice or a quote-unquote spring game April 23rd at 9.45 a.m., so a very early practice. Uh, no word on, you know, fans are obviously going to be invited, no word on parking or anything like that. But look, I- I've said this on my podcast and-, and written a few articles on my site, guys. This is probably the most story riddle, storyline-riddled spring football Iowa's had since I started covering the beat in, in August of 2018. I think that there are so many positions that are open. I think that there's, you know, the quarterback competition is interesting. Who takes over for Tyler Linderbaum? I believe Logan Jones has split to the offensive side of the football at center, and we know what happened last time Iowa took a defensive lineman and converted him to a center. He's turned out to be uh, you know, potential, uh, going to be a first-round draft pick, even though he apparently has too short of arm length to play center <laughs> at the NFL level. Like, Spare me with that. Uh, but look, no, you're exactly right. I think we're going to learn a lot more tomorrow when we meet with Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz for the first time and really dive deep into his thinking about putting Brian at quarterback coach, hiring Abdul Hodge, and we'll get a chance to hear from each of the assistants every Tuesday, Wednesday, and the players uh, over the next several weeks. So I'm excited to cover it, and I think there's going to be a lot of storylines they merge uh, over the next several weeks. Tyler Goodson ran it well the 40-time, did some drill work yesterday. Dayton Belton, he's got a really good shot of you. Look at that tier after Linderbaum. Take us through the guys, kind of what range you're hearing and how they did yesterday at Iowa's Pro Day. Yeah, you know, I, uh, Dane Belton and Tyler Goodson did not run the 40-yard dash yesterday at, at Iowa's Pro Day because they didn't want to ruin their times. I mean, right. I think a lot of people were very surprised about how Tyler Goodson ran yes. the 40, 4-4-2 officially at the Combine. I think I think Tyler Goodson really helped himself at that Combine. I think right now I'm looking at maybe maybe a fourth or fifth round pick. I still think Dane Belton can go as high as the third round. I know I think the success of Imani Hooker is going to help him just because it's a similar build, play similar positions, had – you know, similar, you know, production. And I think that that's going to give, you know, teams a little bit more breathing room. But Dane Belton's met with over 20 teams. It wouldn't surprise me if he got, like I said, that mid-round look. And I'll also throw this in. I think Zach Van Balkenberg can sneak in that sixth or seventh round range. I think that teams are concerned about his pass rushing ability and how old he is. But you talk about a guy who can go in there and be a consistent rotational defensive end who really, really excels at sealing the edge against the run. I think that, especially when you talk to Zach, I mean, he's as smart of a guy as they come as well. So I think if he can see, I think he can sneak into that late round range as well. So I would say for Dane and Tyler, mostly fourth or fifth round, but if Dane emerges to that third round, it really will not surprise me. Well, speaking of dying on hills, which you were earlier, I was on the the hill that Shudak's going to kick on Sundays. And I still believe that he that he's going to get a, every chance to do just that. Did he participate yesterday? Yeah, he did. I mean, he, he performed well. I mean, he's as consistent as they come. Uh, I, I Obviously, he won't be drafted, but I think he's going to be among the first called when, when free agency gets there. I think he'll have a few opportunities to go to a few you know a few camps. And I don't want to say he'll be a starting kicker, but look, I think he's got enough money playing football, a living playing football. I, I think he's too good of a kicker not to. And despite his small stature, uh, he has a huge, huge leg. So I think he's got the NFL distance as well. Well, look, at there's, what, 32 teams, and a number of them go through two or three a year as they try and settle on that guy. I think he's going to get a chance. I'm with you. David Eichel, thank you for doing this. We'll talk to you during, uh, during spring football, David. Thank you again. 
I always appreciate talking to you guys. Take care. Thank you. David Eichelt, 24-7 Sports, HawkeyeInsider.com as we catch up on the Hawks. Well, so I think Chris Murray's coming back. You do? I do. I think Chris Murray's going to be a part of that roster. I think it is still TBD. Mm-hmm. And not that. No, he's going to go through the process for sure. And I think there's going to be teams that really like what he has. Mm-hmm. And we saw those flashes. Yep. And what does the NBA love to draft? Potential. Mm-hmm. Young potential. Young potential. And he won't be much younger. He'll be a year older, in fact, right. next no, year. I'm That's sure. how it works. Yep, it's true. Time is a flat circle, is that? Now you got me there. No idea. <laughs> um, He'll be a year older, though. That, that part is absolutely spot on, Trent. I just think both McCaffrey's, mm-hmm. um, Perkins, Sanford, I got a lot of stock in him. I know you do. About a lot of stock in him. Um, Josh Dix, we'll see where he yeah, is health-wise. Yeah, I'm to see. Rabracha, mm-hmm. yeah, Dix, he... Um, when did he do that? Was it February? That yeah, he, was I mean, that was a bad one, right? Mm-hmm. That was a bad one. They're up twenty. Is that right? He was on the floor, and that's final oof. minutes of the game. Ooh, that was a bad one. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Way too early. Start about uh, previewing that, but got my uh, Circa's picks coming up here in a moment. A quick note from Circa: I posted on Sunday night the Midwest Regional odds at Circa, where Iowa State was the second choice. No longer the case. Mm. Here is the update. Kansas now minus 155. What were they yesterday? Do you remember? It was minus 150 when I first tweeted it. Now your second choice are the Hurricanes. Oh, the money's coming in on them. Four to one for Miami. The third choice is Providence at plus 550. And now you can get the Cyclones, a lot better price, at plus 650 to get to the final And were they... Were they five to one? Five to one, yeah. You know, some there's a lot of folks in the sports betting industry that think that uh, that they should go away from the plus five hundred mm-hmm. because it's kind of confusing. It is, yeah. Right? I remember the, when I started gambling, it was confusing. I didn't just get go it. to five to one, right? We know five to one, and because your one is going to be a lot different than uh, everybody's yeah, one. Not everybody bets by a hundred dollars. I certainly don't. Right? You you bet ten. You bet eleven to make ten. Right? I so five to one. That's fifty five bucks for it. Exactly. You do it in that range. I think it'd make a whole lot more sense. I, I'm with you. I think that it's 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 not necessarily intimidating, but it takes. Well, what is what does this mean? Mm-hmm. You want to take all that away if you if you're trying to build a build an audience. Anyways, we'll come back. Trends play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors that. It's Des Moines Sports Station. You're listening to Miller and Condon on 106.3. bets off. Man, our equipment is just dirty. Well, you need to call Washer Systems of Iowa. This floor is a mess. Washer Systems of Iowa is Iowa's pressure washer experts featuring Mighty M Pressure Washers. This is Jeff Egley of Washer Systems of Iowa. Our crew, led by Tony Poff and Marco Solis, can find the power washer to clean your equipment and the heater to keep your garage warm during the cold winter months. Washer Systems of Iowa, 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines, an exclusive dealer of Mighty M. Online at washersystems.gov today. Madness! Madness! Madness is betting on this year's tournament action with anything other than the Circus Sports Iowa app. The lowest holds, highest limits, and best odds means higher payouts for your winning bets. Why bet with anyone else? Download your new bookie today. Visit CircusSports.com. Sports betting the way it should be.
Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call the VIP Club. Build your business. At Signorama of Urbandale, they offer customized solutions for signs, branding, marketing, and advertising. They have a full range of custom sign and graphic services to meet your needs, build your brand, and create your image. Look around and you'll see how Andy Woodley and his staff help businesses enhance visibility and get noticed. Signorama of Urbandale, the way to grow your business. Check out the new location at 10301 Dennis Avenue in Urbandale and online at signorama.com slash IA. Throw Southside. If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Niggett, a Brick Gentry PC. He's set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Niggett's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Niggett, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush. 1-800-BETS-OFF. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Time for Trent's Play of the Day. Plays of the Day. We've got to change that. There's we never use one. Got, yeah, multiple. Right. Multiple. Here's Trent's handful of plays of the day. <laughs> two and three yesterday. We got four plays today. Yesterday, two and oh in my underdog picks. Oh and three picking favorites. Staying away from those stupid favorites. We got three doggies barking today. NBA, one pick. Denver going the wrong way. Grab the Clippers plus the seven. NIT, take both dogs. Vandy getting three at Xavier, now with the new coach, and St. Bonaventure also getting three against Virginia. We finish it up. UNC Wilmington can't do what they did yesterday two games in a row, The comeback? That's not happening again. So because of that, yes, we are going to grab Northern Colorado plus the three and a half. There you have it. So there's NIT tonight, evidently. Yes, double dip. That'll be good. I'm going to put my feet up and watch the Jets and the Golden Knights. And not have to worry about watching anything else. Yeah, that's for my plans. All right. Enjoy the hockey. Yes, indeed, we will. Cappy joins us tomorrow for you fans of Chicago sports. Cappy's 1105. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays 10 to noon. Thanks for being with us on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXN.